0: You're listening to The Novice Experience, a podcast that explores the opportunities and challenges commonly encountered by students and young people. I'm Calvin Chan, and chatting with my guests, I'm going to take a deep dive into their meaningful stories, the lessons they've learned, and how they can inspire others. Let's get going. Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Novice Experience. I'm your host Calvin Chan. Today I'm really excited to have uh, my former mentor from the Royal Canadian Air Cadets program, John leung here at um, uh, the show. John is a captain in the Air uh, uh, Cadets Instructors Cadre of the Canadian Forces, where he has been a champion for youth mentorship and program development for almost 13 years. He has yeah, worked with a long... Yeah, that's a long time, yeah. but. You know, you worked with hundreds of young inv- individuals in BC um, to help them achieve some of the highest honors and most unique experience um, the cadet uh, program has to offer. And outside of your cadets, you exude, um, you know, leadership and interpersonal qualities as a customer care manager with experience in training, marketing, communications, and social media. Um, so, John, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate your, the, uh, the invite. Um, so... Guys, this is a, a two-part episode. Um, in the first part, we're going to focus on talking about personal growth and development. So, if you're a young adult, um, you know you're going through high school, you're going through some um, some of your different extracurricular activities, and you're wondering how to get ahead of the game. How do you um, grow as a person and become more mature and have a have a really strong mentality um, as you grow up and you know go into college and university? Um, or do whatever um, you're gonna do as an adult. Um, We're gonna talk about some of the um, advice that John might have from his experience in cadets. And in part two of our episode, we're gonna talk about becoming a leader. So at some point, most likely, everyone's gonna have to lead a team and work in a leadership environment. But, you know, it's a very fluid um, and dynamic uh, uh, role as a leader. So we're gonna talk about um, um, some of the tips and advice on how to become a great leader for the team and environment that um, you're leading. Um, But John, before we start, I'd like to ask all my guests um, for an origin story. So where you're born and raised, um, some of the most defining moments in your life that make up who you are today.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I was born and raised in Victoria, BC, uh, in a very, 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 diverse neighborhood uh my father was a very big community leader in the chinese community in victoria it played a lot into um i didn't think about this when i was younger but as i grow older and older and become my father in in a sense uh he really built in the sense of the importance of community and uh seeing him in the roles of leadership and how he developed uh his community really played a part in my um my development as a, as a human being. So um, growing up in Victoria, another thing that uh, really helped is um, with being bullied as a kid uh, for being a little bit different to having a really, really aggressive anger problem growing up that my parents had to deal with as a a rebellious rascally kid uh, to being forced into the cadet program where I was, where I was forced basically to learn how to be an appropriate person in general, learn discipline, learn how to coordinate, learn how to uh, be an adult. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest defining features that you asked is, honestly, um, I found my current success and what I do hold in my uh, opinion, what my personal successes are uh, through failure. And one of the biggest things that uh, helped me fail A lot was the cadet program where it took my arrogant, really, I thought I had a lot of talent attitude, smacked me down a thousand different pegs in a thousand different ways to become more humble, to be more self-reflective, to grow and develop into a contributing citizen. And I think that's, uh, that's the story of John Leung. And we'll get into that more
0: actually, of you know how you were as a kid and um how it influenced uh, what kind of leader you became um when you grew up so um but I like to do a segment called "Give me Five. It's a lightning sure. round of questions. I ask five questions. you don't have to explain or elaborate um but it's just for so our listeners get to know you better so number one, who do you admire the most? Ah uh, my dad number two,
1: describe yourself in three words. Um, charismatic, a Bruce Lee enthusiast, and I like spreadsheets. That was like,
0: what, 10 words? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you could relive one experience in your life,
1: what would it be? Uh, relive? Um, That's a really good question. I guess...
0: You can only pick one.
1: You know what? The It's a cadet experience, the time where we won provincials yes yeah
0: so to give a context it's our military drill team competition um so we have to go through two stages right the first round is your regionals people um different units and different teams in in the metro vancouver area Mm -hmm. the provincials is all over bc um yeah that was a really good achievement uh for us that's for sure um number four what's your go-to comfort food
1: my go-to comfort food is sushi
0: oh me too i can eat that all day yeah Number 5. I know that uh we both really liked uh well, we still like uh Pokemon. So I wanted to ask what's your favorite Pokemon?
1: Um it's a Pokemon called Oshawott. It's a I thought it was Marowak. It used to be, but <laughs> then you found Oshawott. He's an otter with a with a with a shell that's razor sharp. Right. It's so cute.
0: And get to throw it like a boomerang. Yeah.
1: And otters are my favorite animal, so.
0: Oh really? I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, wow. So it got uh so Marowak got replaced. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into our episode. We want to talk about uh, personal growth and development um, in part one. Um, You know, you touched on your dad and your family, but can you set up for me, what was life like in Victoria? Um, How was it like um, living in your family? Uh, I know you have a brother Mm -hmm. um, and having, you know, like you said, the dad who was a community
1: organizer, who's very involved. What was that life like? Um, Honestly, it wasn't... Uh, I was very fortunate as a kid uh to be quite honest. Um, my parents were around enough, but they were like they were really big community people they so they weren't around a lot. We had a lot of babysitters growing up. um My brother and I fought a lot just like any other siblings um, so Victoria was just really uneventful. It was a smaller town uh and it definitely felt small there wasn't a lot to do um, Mm. on a weekend except for entertain yourself. So you really learn how to master your own boredom, to be quite honest. Um, And yeah, it was a very, one thing that I will say positively about Victoria is that it's a very uh, friendly community. So it's really easy to go talk to people, meet new people and uh, just generally make friends. So it's a really good environment for uh for people to be pulled out of their shells to to find quirky new niches because it's it's a very hipster city and grew up to be even more hipster uh nowadays uh so i have very fond memories of victoria but if i was going to describe it in one word it'd be boring (laughs) (laughs) well uh just
0: slow and simple right yeah slow and simple lifestyle on the uh bc island yeah um you touched on you said earlier that you were bullied and you were forced into the air cadet program and and mm-hmm. that's pretty like pretty relatable to me as well because you know i had bullying experiences i had trouble socializing with other people um and i personally i did martial arts um when i was younger and uh, i didn't really like it um so my mom said if you were to quit kung fu you had to go join air cadet program so it wasn't for me it wasn't uh uh forced in i right. struck a deal right? right so um you know how did you learn about the air cadet program and what was it like um first joining it
1: um well i this is, this is an infamous story but i i joined cadets because i was denied opportunity in joining the scouts program because i was in cub scouts growing up uh growing up and then there was like the Sea scouts that was like the next level Mm-hmm. I went on this bike trip to Salt Spring Island with a few uh, sea scouts to see if I would want to join the program. Uh, we biked all over. But on that trip, I got bullied really, really hard by mm-hmm. one of the leader's kids. Um, he hit me with like wet towels. He like, like pushed over my tent um, and like not to really put uh, like a card onto it. But I was the only Asian kid there. Um, right. And he was only bullying me. So, like, whether I was, like, the smallest one, youngest one, or the Asian one, I just got bullied. And the reason why I wasn't invited back was on the very last day we were waiting for the ferry to go back to over. uh, We were just um, hanging out on the beach. He pushed me over and then ran away. So, I picked up a rock and I domed him right on the head. Uh, So, he was bleeding a bit. And then his dad was obviously mad, had a conversation with my mom. And said like I, I can't join, so my mom same thing in a different context, obviously. But my yeah. mom same same ultimatum: you can go to church to go to Sunday school, or you can go to cadets. And I'm like, I don't like the church or Sunday school, so I'll go to cadets, not knowing what it was. And that's how I got forced into cadets. It's, um, I struck <laughs> yeah, yeah, it struck a deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, struck a It's a negotiation. Um, what is the cadet program? Can you, like, from your own terms, because you've been in 20 years. What is, yeah. what is it to you personally? Um, and what does it mean to you looking back? Because I want to later take a look at when you first joined, did you have the same view and what changed?
1: Um, to put it in non, like, official youth leadership mm-hmm. terms, yeah, cadets is a really good youth incubator. And that's really what it is. It is another environment that's different than school that will give cadets or kids of all different backgrounds a chance and environment to succeed where they might not have in school because it's very different. The values are very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just gives another environment for kids to shine. So in uh, in the world of a lot of alternatives today... um, I think the the best word to describe it is that incubator it's a it's it's a good way to develop kids
0: Mm -hmm. so before you were developed uh when you first stepped into the incubator Mm -hmm. what were you like as a young john um you know you you said you had an anger management issue yeah what was it like socializing when not maybe not even in the cadet program but when you were at school
1: right um before the cadet program um, I was relatively still very sociable as a, as a kid in elementary school. Um, I had a good amount of friends. I was really close with them. I only really wanted to spend time with them. So going to cadets where I didn't know any, literally nobody going into that cadet program, um, was very daunting, not something that I wanted to do, uh, whatsoever. Cause I didn't know anybody. Um, so I was very people oriented even back in the mm. day. Uh I did have a massive anger issue. Um I like destroyed my house by throwing stuff, punching walls, and do, doing all sorts of like physical property damage uh that definitely my parents were not excited about and were very happy to to shove into a discipline program. They they try to throw me into martial arts, they try to throw me into Chinese school and all these different things, and I just I just didn't have it. So mm-hmm. um yeah.
0: Were you always a leader in your friend group. Um, were you always the one who to, you know, lead the charge to do what you really believe in, um, make people buy into uh, what you want to do?
1: Um, I think the better way to put it is I was a really shady kid. Um, <laughs> I was never really the leader or the outspoken person, but I would try to convince people to do something I wanted to do right. versus anything else. Um, and I've always been pretty decent at talking. So I kind of talk my way into friendships and doing stuff that I, that I wanted to do. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, so when you're amongst your friends and I, I'm, I'm guessing like there were times where you guys were just, uh, you know, messing around and you're rallying people to do, um, to do things that, um, it's really up to you. You know, you have the freedom to do whatever you want as a kid, but when did it click for you that um, maybe it's time to be more mature? Like you wanted to um, learn more about yourself and how you can be better. um, You know, that personal growth mindset,
1: when did it really click for you um, to learn about that? Um, Honestly, I think it came pretty late. The, it happened in cadets, which is unique enough, but in cadets, there's a promotion program. Um, I was pretty proud to not be into cadets to need to be promoted because everything needed an exam. Um, but there was a point in where we taught drill, uh, mm-hmm. and that first experience of stepping onto the parade square, having people like learn in an environment that I controlled and actually enjoy it. I think that's where I came online. It was pretty mm-hmm. late. It's when I first when I taught my first drill class
0: but when when were you ever receptive to someone coaching you? I'm sure that you had like different team leaders and supervisors throughout your 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 you know early years but um you know I feel like there it, it takes the the listener um to really like receive the message and decode it right so as a kid if you're let's say if you had some rebellious intentions like you didn't really have to receive the message right so when like when did you um have buy-in yourself to your leaders
1: or, or you didn't buy in what, what was the difference for you? I would say I didn't buy in Mm. for a very, like I'm even to this day as an adult. And it's one of my biggest weaknesses. I'm very hard to coach. Um, because, uh, there, there's a whole plethora of reasons why I'm very hard to coach. But one of the things that sticks out is that I'm very, uh, uh, self-motivated. Uh, so I don't need a lot of other people to motivate me. I'm I'm pretty self motivated as a person. I kind of mm-hmm. know what I want and how I want to play the game. Um, so when someone else t- tries to coach me on it without my volition, it it comes off as aggressive, and then I it, it gets we we go into a combat state at that point. Right. Um, however, uh, there that that changed just a little bit when. Uh, in the cadet program, I found an officer. Uh, it was definitely one of the officers who actually took the time to put some work into me, and I think that made the world a difference. Because I, growing up in the program, there are a lot of other cadets who are definitely easier to coach. They're they're more receptive. They're more polite. They're more. Mm-hmm. They're just way less aggressive uh, than I was as a cadet. Um so they got a lot of the good opportunities to become leaders they They got their own flights, commander positions, things like that. Um, and I was never really looked at in that sense. but until this officer actually put some time into educating me how to be a better instructor, he was a great instructor, so I actually like respected and tried to like learn from him, see what he mm-hmm. did um, is when I started to learn to learn from other people.
0: What Probably. did you have to do to get that? officer to uh guide you um you said you you actually uh fully respected him um did it show like did you did you let that show that you you he had your respect um because i feel like maybe some people who they may not look as receptive on the outside um but maybe like they're willing to listen on the inside Mm -hmm. and as as leaders it's really easy to overlook these people um these young people and I, i guess for some of our um, younger listeners right now, um, maybe they feel like they they aren't given much of an opportunity to to be coached. right? Mm-hmm. So what do they have to do to open up to that uh, mentorship relationship? Um do you you have to say particular things? Um, do you have to present a particular attitude? Um, do you have to do anything in
1: particular to show
0: um, a leader that you're worth being
1: mentored? Um so taking myself as personal experience cuz it the, the question is a little bit twofold for me personally mm. i didn't show any opening for mentorship like i was i was just very closed off as a person uh mm-hmm. in my own self development i thought and i think a lot of people that i've taught growing up they really feel like it's a like it's a single player rpg like you are you are the protagonist you do everything yourself you have all the powers you are the hero It's all on you, go do it champ, go for it. Um, And that's just not how life is, Like life in general at all, period. Uh, But that's how I was when I was growing up. I was very egotistic in the sense, or egocentric in the sense that um, it was all on me to build myself up. I needed to find the resources. I can't ask anybody for help. Uh, I need to do this for myself, uh, by myself, things like that. So um, I wasn't very open. But the difference is is that a lot of people are put off by that but this guy didn't care. He watched mm. a class about something like about drill that I was obviously interested in and he took me aside. He didn't tell me what to do better. He asked me about it. And I think that was the difference. Like nobody ever everybody tried to teach me something, nobody tried to like open up a discussion. And I think that was a a big change in leadership styles cuz instead of telling you what to do we try to collaborate and problem solve this together. So we get buy-in and that's like a leadership technique, right? Like here's right. a problem. What do you think we should do about it? Let's talk it out. And now we have a solution. Let's go do it. That's kind of what mm-hmm. he did to me as a very young kid. I'm like, wow, this is, this is enjoyable. Like this experience. So he was the first person to, to like kind of offer that branch offer to me. And it made the world a difference. So, in terms of the second part of the question, if you were the person that wants to be mentored, and this is where I'm saying, I did not want to be mentored. Uh, yeah. As a mentee, if you do want to be mentored and you're open to that, it just takes initiative. You should just ask, be a sponge and be okay with uh, maybe asking a dumb question or maybe approaching someone that you might be a little bit intimidated by, because the, at the end of the day, if they wanted to help you and if they want to mentor you, they'll say yes. But if they don't want you in their life as a person, they're going to say no. And the difference is is like you can't be mentored by everybody. So if they don't like you, right, you just know like, oh, okay, not the right person to be mentored by. Time to go find another person. Time to find yeah. another role model. Don't get, as a kid... Uh, or a person who hasn't been mentored yet, don't get stuck on the one mentor like this. This person has to pay attention to me, like like mm-hmm. like the like old <laughs> animes, Like, please listen to me, senpai. Please, yeah. Like, no, <laughs> none of that. It it's all fake. Like, if that person doesn't want to pay attention to you, go find someone else. There's there's tons of opinions out there that are valid.
0: It's interesting you you say the like the personal connection matters, but I'm I'm also thinking of like the environment as well, mm-hmm. um, being that cadet environment um might not be for everyone. Right. Right. So um I guess like some people are forced in. Maybe you don't have another choice. Cause I mean cadets is sort of like a nighttime daycare, right? right? Maybe some parents put their kids in and they were there for a few hours a week um with other extracurriculars and within cadets that's another few hours a week. Um, but some people really truly didn't want to be there but they had no way out. So do, are they supposed to force themselves to find something to buy into
1: um, like, what do they do? So that's a really good question. And you can take it in two ways. And it really depends on your situation because um, as a kid, maybe you have more flexible parents, mm-hmm. like more flexible, <laughs> for lack of better, owners, like people who own your responsibilities. Yeah. Um, maybe if you push them well enough, they'll back down and then you don't have to be there anymore. And fantastic. You can find another environment to to win at, right? right. Um, but realistically, just... I don't think a lot of kids have that fight in them, uh, especially a lot of the k- kids that like I've dealt with um, who come from an Asian background with more, yeah, like more strict parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, like don't, don't you ever talk back uh, yeah. type of environment? Um, I would kind of meet them halfway where if you're it's my mom's fa like I, I say this advice, that my mom gave me when I was a kid in cadets hating my life. And uh, this advice has stuck with me and I teach it to all my kids is that I told my mom one day, like, I really don't like cadets. It's really boring. It's there's nothing of value that it's giving to me. And my mom's like, well, nothing's going to change. So if you're bored, make yourself not bored. And I'm like, <laughs> <not> man, <laughs> thanks for your ancient Chinese wisdom, mom. Like, right. It's, it's fantastic. Are you Confucius? Like it's, it sounds mm-hmm. as convoluted as that. But in reality, it's, it was the best advice because especially for my personality, it's, it was really the best advice for my personality because uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit of foreshadowing before. But mm-hmm. part of my personality is uh, community and being able to rally people to do things that I like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and what my mom said to me came into the action that came out of it is that if I don't like cadets environment right now, I will make it an environment that I like and I'll change it like that. That's, that's the mission. I will just make this program into something that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And when I got told that I'm pretty sure I was a level three. Um, and I took it seriously for like the first time, like, oh, I can, I can have an effect in this program. Um, that's when that all came online. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds like, well, I was
0: going to ask, like, if you were that kid that really likes to rally your the people around you to do whatever, like you think, um, you think it's good and it's fun. Yeah. Why, why did you hate the cadet program so much? Right. But it sounds like then at that time, when your mom said that you realized that you had to take charge of your life. Right. Um, even like not even in the air cadet program but just like for people who are uh, maybe studying a particular subject or doing an extracurricular that they aren't really interested in like you really have to take that initiative to either stick it through like find out what you're truly passionate about by not being bored or stepping away and finding something else that you're interested in and don't waste time just to waste time
1: right exactly i think a one of the biggest thing weaknesses that I had was mm-hmm. uh, I was very narrow-minded. I think that's the mm-hmm. easiest way. I had an incredible tunnel vision. The program in the way that I saw it before that conversation was singular. Like it's just cadets. It only means this. There's no other possibility. Mm-hmm. But it was really eye-opening when I put it into action. And I think cadets, the reason why I enjoyed the program after the fact so much is that it? Really became my playground to build to what I want, and that's where I found success. And I wasn't able to do that in school, like I didn't mm-hmm. have the personality, the the popularity cloud. The, the it just wasn't my environment to 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 infect that change. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't just find a community at school, but mm-hmm. this one gave me the the ability to put that all into action. And the main thing that you said is one of the biggest things, like. As a kid, you feel like, and most kids are narrow-minded, that what they're told is reality or what they first initially see is reality. This is what it is, period. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I used to do as a kid, uh, even as an adult now, I really like movies and I learn a lot from movies. Um, And when my mom said the thing, it really reminded me of uh, Star Wars. And one Mm. one of the things in Star Wars that really resonates with me is uh, there's a, there's a line in the movies that say uh, only the Sith believe in absolutes. And the way you can translate that is that only the most evil, narrow-minded, singular purposed people believe in absolutes. But if you mm-hmm. want to be with peace, if you want to be like ever growing, if you want to be like living, you need to believe in possibilities and opportunity. Mm-hmm.
0: Love that.
1: Um, mm. So when my mom said that, I'm like, oh man, I'm being dumb. And I, like as a kid, I really don't, even as an adult, I really don't like being dumb. And I re- recognized that I was dumb. <laughs> so it sparked yeah. a change in behavior. And cadets back in the day was, honestly, it wasn't fun. Like even cadets in some places now, it's not fun. Like there's not yeah. a lot there. It's, it's almost after night school. And mm-hmm. that's what it was to me. Until mm-hmm. that day
0: yeah i feel like definitely like in cadets um what's really nice about it was that like for me when i was in the program as i got older i felt like there was a particular type of freedom for us to do whatever we wanted as long as it made sense and it was for the good of um you know everyone else in the unit mm-hmm. and for the squadron um we had the adult officers support right and i feel like that kind of freedom it was like an a um a school and a like with different extracurriculars on its own. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't get that anywhere else. Right. So I feel like when, uh, when your mom said that, and when you realized you were being dumb, suddenly it, I mean, it's not just like dumb, like maybe academically or the way like being street smart. Or not. I mean, I like, wish
1: it was academically dumb. Cause at least you can study. No, this study. is just you as dumb as a person, like you then, as a person are dumb. I think it brought you to a deeper
0: level of thinking. Yeah. That, it wasn't there right you you were suddenly more self aware of um how you need to contr- take control over your life and just not wait around and let people tell you what to do and what's supposed to be suddenly like you said you saw different possibilities so right. i'm curious like after that um what are some of the most defining moments um for the rest of your uh, cadet career um where you can say like Right. I've done this. Like, I didn't know I could do this and I've changed for the better. I've grown. I've matured. What did
1: you do afterwards? Um, I think one of the smallest things that I did that I was really proud of was I to become drill team commander, even though like I was in line to be it with uh, compared to some other people. But mm-hmm. instead of getting the position and then coming up with a routine and all that type of stuff, um, when the year started, uh, for cadets, I came with a plan with already a routine built. And then I just told them that I would like to be drilling commander and I already had this planned out. Mm-hmm. And I was drilling And it's it's one of those things where instead of like, oh, I'll wait till I get that position to do the work. No, 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 no. I, I I'll do the work because I really want this to happen. And whether mm-hmm. I become the commander or not, I already have a routine so we can work on it. Like I care about it that much. I just want us to do well. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the first efforts that I can remember that like my small amount of effort in preparing and coordinating paid off. Mm -hmm. Then there are all like the ton of other things that I used to like to do, which is like, uh, once again, if I'm bored with a subject, I really don't want to be bored. Um, for let's say a tag day, which is sitting out in front of the open in the cold. asking it's basically a fundraiser. Yeah, asking, begging people for to give us money. Um, I, I didn't like that. So I always, yeah. like I brought like uh, like an activity to convince the people in the community to play, to learn about cadets, and then they would pay me with oh, a donation. Yeah. Uh, I remember putting the effort into that and try, trying to make every every small moment that I had a little bit less boring. And then that played out with like um, getting petitions together to get like uh, a dance together for the cadets, uh, getting different activities approved by doing petitions, running the off order beforehand, not asking permission before like floating the idea if this is okay or not with the officers, just doing the work and just said like, I did the work already. Can we do this? Can you just sign this right here? And typically the answer is yes. Cause they don't, and I'm sure you'll notice even with your, your peers. There's not a lot of cadets who do that. Yeah. Right? Um, but it is it is an attitude that we push towards five. That's why events is really, really held in high regard. Like, if you have an idea and you put forward that idea, like, convince me to do it. If you can do that, fantastic. It's very business-like. I'm not going to tell you, like, oh, now you're in this position. So now you're qualified to know any – kid. It, a fourteen-year-old kid can plan an event, and I think that um, people
0: underestimate um, their competency in yes. taking initiative. Yeah. Maybe it's a confidence thing, but it's not. It's not that like, oh, this you know, this cadet has come up with their own plan and they've they've done all the planning already and it's all in writing. I'm just going to approve it just because it's most of the time like it's decent. Like you just have to make a few tweaks along the way and give right. some of your advice as as an officer. But um, I think. Like young people in general underestimate um their power to to make an impact if they really wanted to and they have the drive for it.
1: Right. It's mm-hmm. it's it's that illusion of um You're they, not supposed to do it at this age because you're right. just
0: not supposed to be ready yet.
1: That as as well as just people just treating you as a kid. And that mm-hmm. attitude never goes away, by the way. Even when you become an adult, there's always a person <laughs> older than you that thinks that they're more qualified, better, they have more experience or whatever. But mm. at the end of the day, if you got the skills, if you've got the knowledge, if you got the game and put it on the field, like you have to play. Don't be scared and hold that knowledge and stand in the stands. You have to play. And when Love you're it. on the yep. field, you can be surprised at how good other people are. And you're just like blown out of the water. You're like, wow, I was not prepared. But more likely, you just realize that other players are just just like you, like they're just trying their best. Mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah just get out
0: there and do it but even if the other players are so much better than you you know where you rank amongst them you're not in the dark anymore about exactly um, who you are and i feel like that i feel like that's almost really uh inspiring in a way because it fulfills who you really are right it's okay that you're not as good as other people right but at least you're not always doubting yourself and there's that sense of fear that you can't let go
1: and at least then you know what you don't know. Like if you, if you throw yourself against a wall, at least you know that wall is there now. You're like, okay, well let's look around and try to troubleshoot this. And hopefully you don't, your soul doesn't get crushed at it. (laughs) But I think that's another part where you're like, if you build it up to this pedestal, where it's like this one crowning achievement and you just fail at it, right. Mm -hmm. You approached it the wrong way. It'd be easier if you just started earlier and just started failing, early and early and earlier like Mm -hmm. the better you'd be the more resistant you'll be right so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i think this is a um,
0: good place to stop part one of our episode i think um, you mentioned some really good things for part two where we're going to talk about um, how to become a leader uh, how you grow into that uh, position and you talked about creating an an experience um, early on um, taking that initiative so um, we're going to talk about that next week in our uh, part two episode. But um, to end off, John, um, for a young person who's ready to step out of their comfort zone and to take the next level in terms of like personal development, what's the first thing that they, they should do right now?
1: Um, the first thing that they should do is ask for help. That's That's the best thing that you can do um whether you do it one baby at a time which means like to google it or youtube it which is step yeah. 1 but if you can actually just ask a person who is just a little bit more experienced a little bit more a little bit better than you and just like ask them how to be better you would be surprised how open and collaborative the human nature is agreed so agreed. just
0: ask and it's really clear um, if you look at the most successful people or the you know the richest businessmen um, we have in the world, they have a wide range uh, of networks and connections with people. Um, and I feel like asking for help and networking is a sign of maturity because you yeah. understand that um, for you to do good and be successful in the world, you can't do it alone. It's impossible right. to to do it alone. Um, and so as I was growing up, like I realized, it's almost cool to have. To know a lot of people like it's almost cool to say oh i don't know how to fix my car but i can call up my good buddy john there to come over and fix it for me right because we can do it together and i can learn from him but at least i know i can pick up the phone and call somebody up so i think um on a micro scale for sure like starting with just reaching out to somebody or googling online how to how to start a conversation even um can really help
1: yeah exactly just just ask the question, ask it to Google, ask it to YouTube, ask it to a real life person. You'll be better for it. Ask her parents. For sure. You'll still be better for it. For sure, for sure.
0: All right, John, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Uh, we're we're going to come back for part two. And thanks so much for tuning into another episode of The Novice Experience. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Novice Experience. Our theme song is Concrete Jungle by Audio Binger. You can find us or reach out on social media at The Novice Exp. That's The Novice E-X-P. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on all your podcast listening platforms. Talk to you next time.